Welcome to episode number 43 of the Fiduciary You podcast. It's been a few months since I released a podcast episode. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the end of the year and the beginning of this year have been absolutely crazy, launching a lot of new features and functionality in my Fiduciary X platform and onboarding a lot of new uh, advisory firms and practices, and that's required a lot of my focus and attention. But now I'm back, and I have some really exciting guests scheduled over the next couple of months. Like my more recent episodes, I've broken this one into two parts, and I'm releasing both, so make sure to check each of them out. You won't want to miss either one. My guest on this episode is Aaron Schum, uh, founder and CEO of Vestwell and a good friend. And this is actually his second time on the podcast, since first appearing in 2020 as my second guest on the show. A lot has changed since then, and Vestwell's success has gone nuclear, making them a dominant force in the small plan record-keeping market, uh, and also the um, state-mandated uh, retirement plan market. On this episode, we discuss topics that range from uh, developing systems and workflows that scale, service models that succeed in the small plan market for both advisors and TPAs, how Vestwell is empowering the next generation of retirement savers by making advisors and TPAs more efficient and more effective and being able to focus on uh, more profitable activities. We also talk about crypto and much more. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Aaron Schum from Vestwell. Aaron, welcome back to the Fiduciary You podcast. You are one of my uh, one of the handful of second guests that I've had. I think you were my second. I think you actually were my second guest on the podcast back in 2020. So good to have you back. Oh, it's great! Awesome. Thank you. No, glad to be here. Good to see you, man. A lot of stuff has changed over the past uh, past couple of years. Um, Vestwell is just kind of on a uh, on a rocket ship, um, uh, growth wise, and and buzz within the industry and. Um, and what you guys are what you guys are doing. So maybe just kind of give a little update. Like what 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 um, what's 2022 been like uh, for Vestwell overall, um, especially with what's going on in the markets and and uh, you know how have things been? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me again. Uh, it's great. The, uh, so. It's been an interesting year, right? To say the least, right? You look at the end of last year, you know, rewind 12 months versus now, especially being in the FinTech world, uh, yeah. it's a very different world. Um, I feel quite blessed and fortunate for where we are as a business. I think by and large, you know, <clears throat> the approach we took to building Vestwell, how we thought about it, be pretty methodical about the approach and not chasing or deviating uh, has really paid dividends, especially kind of in, in today's world and today's economy. Um, we never, you know, like I said, we never really chased things. We did, you know, I, it's easy to sit back, you know, 12 months ago and you look at these companies getting ridiculous valuations and gobs of money thrown at them. And, and then in an instant they're gone, right? Because foundationally they were just never, never sound. Um, and I think, you know, we're in a business, right? And, and you spent your career in this, right? It, it, it's it's retirement. It's not the sexiest thing, but now all of a sudden it is, right? And, and planning planning for you know your retirement and your education, and your health are, are, is the hottest thing in the world right now, right? Because you're not you're not chasing you know some some crypto thing or whatever it is, right? So um, so that's that's actually worked really well. Uh, yeah. Where people have just gone back to the basics, right? As we were kind of chatting before, like people really have reset um, and said, "Okay, 
we got to look at businesses differently. So we're excited. Our, we'll, we'll do, I wish I, I had, I want to say almost 250% growth this year um, as a business, um, which has been great, right? It exceeded where we thought we were going to be. You know, we're, we've actually come in ahead of plan. Um, when, you know, even looking throughout the year, you know, these things are tricky to start to gauge, but we've gotten pretty meticulous around kind of how we, we project the business and where it's going and how it's evolving and gotten really good at the data side of it. So, um, so we feel fortunate. The industry's really gotten behind us too, right? I feel like I've been at a couple of, you know, events and, and conferences and whatnot, and, and that shift has happened uh, where people have just said, wow, okay, we, we got to change how we're thinking about this landscape because clearly this is working uh, for Vestwell, and I think that's permeating throughout the industry. So feel blessed, and it's exciting. Yeah, you guys have absolutely, uh, you guys, you know, have, have, uh, have crushed it. Um, what do you think is the cause of that, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, shift? It, it, it's funny, you know, you, especially around RIAs and advisors and, and obviously, you know, Vestwell supports plan sponsors, but really it's your kind of your channel, your advisor partners. I feel like that, that you guys kind of prioritize, you know, help them help their clients. That's kind of the world that I'm in now. It's, it's funny. For years, I always felt like the uh, uh, the retirement practices, you know, um, everybody focused on RIAs on the private wealth side, more profitable and much more sexy. And it was like the uh, retirement practices were like the, the you know, the crazy uncle who, uh, you know, um, when 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 the family gatherings, they kept them in like the back room. But now like retirement um, and I think it's driven around this kind of convergence and and really kind of this focus on, well, how do we. You know, how do we bridge retirement and, and wealth? Um, you're seeing a big you're seeing a big push there. Do you think that's kind of the shift is people are now waking up and saying, hey, instead of going out to, you know, kind of market to people one by one, if we're running plans now or managing plans, we've got access to, you know, 25, 50, 100, 500 employees that we can get you know, build trust and mindshare with? Do you think that's been this kind of the switch that's flipped? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge part of it, right? So you have, you see a couple different flavors, right, of, of the advisor kind of mindset and, and where their focus is. But, you know, a lot of it is driven from, let's say maybe a, a private wealth client that an advisor has that is running a business and either has an existing program or doesn't. And the advisor being able to step in and say, listen, I can bring you into my platform, right, powered by Vestwell, and have a better experience, a better price point, uh, and, and a better kind of uh, ability to serve and, and carry that relationship through. That's an easy sell for the advisor to have with that private wealth client. And then from the advisor mindset, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden now they have a broad swath of individuals to look, look at say, oh, and I can drill down into their, their, their world and see, okay, does it make sense for these individuals to potentially, you know, kick up a private wealth conversation, right? And, and that, that happens a lot, right? And it's, it's super scalable, right? So, I mean, you know, the name of the game, right, especially when you're dealing with in the, the small business segment is scale. So how do you do it, you know, quick and, and make it feel really good in that process? And I think that's, that's a huge piece of it. And, and you, know, the, you know, the advisors talk constantly. Right. And, and paid to talk. Right. In many ways. So, so which, Over, which is, overpaid in some ways. 
Yeah, that's arguable, but but they, you know, they're out there, you know, doing this, and, and when advisors, and all of a sudden they, they talk to you know someone else they respect in the industry, and they're like, yeah, I did, I'm building a, a crushing business right now out of this, and it's awesome, and out of a segment that maybe was largely ignored, right, and then all of a sudden now people are jumping in, and there's a huge pool for people to jump into. So, um, so that that's been pretty exciting to see that shift in mindset. Yeah. When I said overpaid, I didn't mean advisors are overpaid in general, more overpaid to talk sometimes. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but um, advisors make their money in down markets, right? It's the behavioral piece. Like this is where advisors really show their metal. But, you know, I think the other flip side to that is not just, and, and I've been having this conversation actually with a lot of private wealth advisors. Um, had a lot of conversations recently with private wealth firms that really high end private wealth firms that haven't really played in 401k before. And, you know, one of the things I've been saying to them is, is it's not just about finding, you know, let's say new relationships. It's about protecting those existing ones. Um, you mentioned that, that high net worth, maybe that, you know, um, business owner that's got a $3 million portfolio or a $5 million portfolio or a million dollar portfolio with a private wealth firm. What's interesting, and, and when I talk to these private wealth firms, like they don't know what's happening on the M&A front in the retirement side. They don't know what's going on with the hubs and the One Digitals and the Cap Trust. In some cases, these private wealth firms, they're like, who are they? I mean, people have heard of Cap Trust, but it's it's been interesting. I've been saying, look, you, what you don't know is these aggregators, what they're doing is they're buying up these retirement shops and really where they're focused is not just retirement, but having wealth conversations. And if one of these firms that you don't know are out there, so you don't even know what's happening, gets in and they get the plan for your high net worth business owner, you better believe that six, 12, 18 months down the road, they're going to be pitching that private client of yours on their private wealth services. And so in some ways you need to have a, for whether you do it or whether you partner with somebody else who's a friendly face, you know, it's, it's, it's an important, uh, I think strategic play to kind of build a firewall, if you will, around those private wealth relationships. And it's funny when I, when I mentioned some of the, the, the active firms that are rolling up these retirement practices, a lot of the private wealth firms, they're like, I've never even heard of them. And I'm like, you might want to pay attention. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense or not, but, but that's a real competitive threat. I, I think it's a it's a very real you know real thing that you see out there, and and but you know by and large, a lot of our conversations with the advisors or the the larger like broker dealers or warehouses or banks is like, hey, you need a program, a platform, mm -hmm. and it has to stay in the complex, right? Because otherwise, someone else is going to pull it away from you. And, you know, and, and a lot of our, our pitch, right, is like, hey, you get, a, you get your own platform, your own program in your own house, and you have zero overhead in the process, and we're going to take off all the heavy lifting and put it on our shoulders, and you don't have to think about it, right? And you can just run your business as you want to run your business in an unconflicted way. And we're not getting paid, you know, by, by offering asset management and trying to, you know, walk business out the back door or whatever it may be, right? Our, our, ours is just, we want to provide the tech, you know, and services if they want it or if they want to do it, great. Right. Right. And and that is so so as you've kind of seen, and we talked a little bit before we started recording, was 
how you're kind of seeing a shift in terms of like new business opportunity where it was probably much more heavily weighted. Um, and I think by your own admission, you know, historically, Vestwell has really been focused on maybe that startup to let's say 5 million. That's kind of maybe your sweet spot historically, um, where you were seeing more new business kind of much more heavily weighted towards kind of the startup and the smaller, but you're starting to see more of a shift to, I think you'd mentioned maybe 50-50 of kind of startup new plans versus conversions. Um, what do you see is, is, is driving that? And are you finding the more private wealth focused practices are doing more kind of startup, having those conversations with their business owner startup um, and more of the established kind of historically dedicated retirement practices are doing more conversion or how do you see that mix playing yeah. out? I don't know the answer to the last piece of it, whether it's established or not. I, but I will say, <clears throat> so there, there's three factors that we see, right? Factor number one is the advisors have really um, liked the experience of Vestwell, right? We, we've spent, the last year has by and large been spent on reshaping the underlying workflows, the technology, the structures, just to make sure everything runs really smoothly, right? And when the advisors, you know, first come on Vestwell, you know, by and large, it's like, okay, well, we're going to bring startups first. We're going to make sure we we understand the experience. We like the experience. And then as that take trust, test, kind of take it for a test drive, if you will. Yeah, take it for a test drive, right? And that 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 and and if all goes well, they're like, okay, great, let's go, right? And then they start piling it on. So we've reached this point, kind of in our in our life cycle and our maturity as a business, where the advisors get comfortable very quickly, and they start bringing more conversions, right? They start start you know bringing those off of someone. So that that's point number one. Point number two is the advisors too if are finding it. I think easier to engage with a client or a prospective client that has an existing 401k today and, and bring them into their, you know, their platform powered by Vestwell. Um, it, it's an easier conversation because it's unconflicted, it's cheaper, better experience, all of that stuff. Right. But it's, it's, they already have something that they're paying for today. And now you're going to basically say, hey, you're going to save money and you're going to have a better experience all around. <clears throat> and I'm going to be able to help you and your employees a lot, lot better than I can otherwise. Versus, you know, in, in kind of these turbulent volatile markets, it's harder to convince a startup, right? Uh, business to say, Hey, we, let's get your plan going. It's going to cost you an extra few grand a year. And they're looking at like, I, I don't really know what's going on right now. And I want to just pump the brakes. So, so we're, I think that's, partly impacting the shift to conversions that we're seeing from a percentage basis on our platform from a, a per plan. Um, <clears throat> the assets are obviously, you know, more established on that side. Um, on the counter of that though, it also raises or elevates the, the state mandated IRA programs that we're powering, right? We're powering 75% of the states today. So though we're seeing a, a lift over there because the, 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 on, on the, State side, they're like, or the startup business side, they're looking and say, "Well, I'm going to just do this now; it's free, and then I'll, I'll convert it, you know, later on when I get more comfortable." So that's great, you know. Selfishly, we, we're winning on either side. But then the third point is, um, we rolled out this TPA portal, right? The TPA Flex uh, platform at the end of end of the summer, and that's taken off like wildfire. So a lot of the TPAs, right, are now looking at this; they're bringing books over. Right, which are typically conversions to start dropping them on our platform. So we kind of have, you know, three different aspects that are all, you know, raising the 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 bar as far as who we're engaging with and how we're engaging with them. 
And that value prop, so that, that like what drove the um, kind of the, the, the TPA piece? Um, yeah, so it what was- What strategically uh, drove the, 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 the mindset shift to say, hey, you know, now it's not just about advisors, it's about TPAs as well. Yeah, so um, Richard Tatum, who's the president of our retirement services, uh, he, you know, founded and owned a TPA um, uh, called Aventus that got acquired by, by Future Plan. And um, he was the one that, that first incepted the idea. He's like, listen, we got all this business piling on and we don't want to, you know, we do a lot of servicing, um, but like our, our superpower is technology, right? And building that out and helping to reshape how servicing works. But I was like, listen, we don't want to build out a giant servicing organization. There's a lot of businesses that candidly like are better in the hands of a TPA specialist that can step in and do this stuff versus us. So let's allow them to do that so we can basically, you know, continue to build and not get stuck, you know, constantly servicing aspects of these, these businesses. So that, that was how it came to be. But then we rethought the pricing of it. We thought how the engagement would work. And with the technology that we built, we, we've been able to automate a lot of the hard stuff in between, right? So the TPAs were a little bit um, taken aback where we said, hey, here's the pricing you're going to have to go to market with. And they're like, whoa, 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 where, how are you dictating our pricing, right? And we said, <clears throat> we're like, listen, just trust us. Go to market with this pricing. We're going to make your life that much easier. And, and it's well worth, you know, what would be perceived as a revenue hit, right? Your gross margin on the business is going to far exceed what you would be doing otherwise. And if you want to, you know, add on additional services on top, that's all well and good. And you, obviously they're, they're free to do that, but, but the base level kind of pricing is, is, is what we kind of lay out to be. And it's worked really well. And we've had a couple of TPAs come back to us. We're like, man, this is awesome. Like, like you just made our life 10 times easier. Than it was otherwise. So make them more profitable. They, they, you know, they, they're running a healthy. Maybe the revenue goes down, but their profitability goes up because you're taking kind of a heavier lift off yeah, their, their revenue on a per plan basis is is not what it would be otherwise. But their gross margin, their profit on that business is far higher than it would be, and they're able to do that much more volume without having to go hire more heads internally to scale that practice, right? So, so all in, they're building a much healthier business in the long run than they would be doing otherwise. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, and it, it, you know, it, I, I could be off base here, but it, it, it seems like this is just part of the natural evolution of Vestwell moving from a, you know, uh, call it services with a technology platform to more of like, Hey, now we're going to be, we really want to be more of the technology platform. We can still offer services, but if they're better partners to kind of unplug that, um, kind of facilitate that shift Cold. in some ways. Yeah. I mean, our, our whole motive from the beginning was like, we just want to be the tech, right? <clears throat> now, you know better than anyone, right? This is a super complicated industry, <laughs> a super right. complicated business. So we had to kind of control the variables when we started. Yeah. Right. And, and just as we did with like asset management and, and investment services, right? We first started, we kept it very bundled because we're like, okay, we need to control all of this. And then as we continue to grow and mature and scale, we were able to kind of continue to unbundle aspects of the platform. And now we're pretty much to like a fully unbundled stack, right? Where you could just say, okay, 
you know, we have like, for example, like BNY Mellon handles a lot of our end client servicing, right? The end, the, as they, I should say the end client, the, the end saver servicing, right? So they're actually logging into our platform to, to facilitate the servicing to the end savers, right? Or same thing, we can do that with the client on the, you know, and the employer side, right? And um, so we're slowly kind of, we've been rolling out all of these different, let's call it um, interfaces and structures where they can come into the platform to do what they do. Like the analogy I use is like, hey, look at us as the car manufacturer, right? You tell us what color you want it, you know, what features you want in the car, and, and we'll build it for you, configure it for you, and we'll flip you the keys and you can drive. And if you're not comfortable driving, Sure, we'll be your personal driver too. But you know, in the long run, you're going to want to drive yourself. Right. Yeah. No, I think that is a. You know, it's part of it is right proving out. I think that's partly where kind of the momentum um, for you guys has come from. Is like you got to prove the model out to start. Right. That that early on, like you had, and like you said, you had to kind of control the overall experience because the reality is you probably weren't going to get people who are going to place bets on you. You had to kind of bet on yourself and build it out uh, and then scale from there. And it, it sounds like, you know, I know you guys have had tremendous growth as well. Um, you know, one, I think the early criticisms early on was um, really high touch support. And then you went through kind of like some explosive growth and you guys were having to resize your business a little bit support wise. Um, it sounds like you've kind of, you've, you guys have kind of figured that out um, yeah, with, oh, yeah. like with we, these partnerships. We, I mean, listen, I, those are the situations you, you'd want to be in as a business, right? Where you're, you're a bit overwhelmed with, with the volume and, but you know, yeah, we had to hunker down and really focus on the scaling aspects of it. Um, and just to like <clears throat> put a specific point on it, like right now, you know, this time last year, it, a person doing an onboarding for for the business coming onto the platform, the plans coming on, a single you know FTE was able to support between ten and twelve businesses right in flight when they're coming onto the platform. We now have that that same structure. We've we've scaled it so that single FTE can do over sixty plans mm -hmm. in in a cycle, right? And by this, and I think we can get that. You know, the, our head of implementations feels very confident that we can get that over eighty ahead. Right. So you got, you know, and what's enabled. So what has enabled that? I, <laughs> so a lot. It's <clears throat> we've, we've gone back in every step and I have massive flow charts <laughs> that I could, you know, bore you to tears with. But we went through every step and we're like, OK, you know, and we kind of map it to like happy and sad. Right. We're like, here's the happy path. Right. Here, here's where it goes off the rails. Right. And, and, and where things get complicated. And then, you know, you really if you don't get it right, it, uh, it's hard to get back on the rails. So we just like got really, really specific and dissected every every touch point along the way and then looked at where we could change that. Right. Like the we did this huge process with um, DocuSign is a, a, a plot or a a product they offer called CLM and it we took it to the extreme to the point where DocuSign was like holy shit we've never seen someone actually do this with our software they they actually just wrote a, a white paper about it because they were so so blown away by what we did so we took a process that you know I forget how long it took to start like it took you know let's call it an hour two hours and we condensed that down to about three minutes 
right? So, so when you, then when you layer in the volume of the businesses that we're bringing on, it has huge impacts to the scaling of the platform. And it's, so it's just that. It's like the granularity of every little thing you do along the way, um, the, the first payroll process, right? The first touches, all of those things we just rethought, retooled, spent a lot of times, our, even our team internally, we're doing an all hands uh, a while ago. And I spent like the entire all hands talking about operational efficiency and gross margin. And someone from our team was like, I've never been at a company where there's this much focus, like, like everything is like, how are we going to continue to scale, right? Usually it's always like revenue, 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 right? Yeah. And just pile it on. And we're like, no, we got to do this first because if this isn't right, all of that stuff's not going to matter later on. Yeah. Thanks for listening to part one, episode number 43 of the Fiduciary You podcast with Aaron Schum. Make sure to listen to part two where we continue our discussion. Before you do that, though, if you're a retirement plan advisor that wants to drive growth, scale, efficiency, and repeatability across your practice, and you haven't checked out FiduciaryX yet, head over to FiduciaryWorks.com and book a demo. You'll be glad you did. We've launched a tremendous amount of new functionality over the past several months, and the platform is on fire right now. And we've also taken a modular approach so you can leverage and have flexibility and optionality in terms of how the platform fits into your practice. So uh, book a demo. Love to show it to you and uh, talk about ways that it can add value to your practice.